Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packham, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Jamie Showmaker. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? How's the family? We're doing well. We're doing well. We've had one sick child this week, but other than that, things have been going great. We've had a we've had a super busy autumn season. It seems like that we have a lot of birthdays in our extended family in the fall, and so we've been doing a lot of traveling, um, not very far, just a couple hours here and there to go to birthday celebrations and. We're in full swing with our co-op, and so I feel like we're in the midst of a busy season, but at the same time, we have a we have a pretty good rhythm going, so it doesn't feel overwhelming, um, but it's, it's been busy. I'm glad to see that the leaves are finally starting to change here yeah. in North Carolina. <laughs> it's been so hot, but it's starting to cool down, and the leaves are turning. We've got yellows and reds and oranges in our backyard now, finally, so I'm getting super excited because that means my favorite time of the year is approaching. <laughs> oh, that's so great. All those yeah. colors, so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we've, yeah, our, so our leaves are pretty much gone. The ones that are hanging on to our trees in our backyard are kind of, you know, turning brown. Um, right. But so, yeah, we can, I can feel the um, temperatures kind of getting a little bit more cool. We had our first little snowfall this past week. Oh, just, wow. Just a, yeah, bare, I mean, nothing, not much for accumulation, but just um, just a little bit uh, on the deck and outside on the on the trees and things. So, wow, we're um, supposed to have some snowfall today in the higher oh, elevations okay. of the mountains, which mm-hmm. is, you know, at this nowhere near me. But it's still exciting. Anytime That's right. Snow in the forecast. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Well, this I think it was probably a couple of weeks ago now, but we had we were actually out of town, but. We had we must have had enough wind in our area that um, a tree, one of our tall ponderosa pines, fell down. Oh so wow! So we got home, and thankfully, it did not fall on our house or our neighbors. It kind wow. of fell into some scrub oak, and it, it looked like it had been dying for a while. So we kind of knew we should probably be cutting it down, but it ended up falling right. before that. And wow. but yeah, thankfully, it didn't damage anything. And we had some of our friends come out who run a timberworks business and cut up all the the two cut the one down that had fallen and the one that was dead next to it too so that we didn't have any more fall down um, but we ended up getting some more wood for our wood pile and for the fire so that part of it was oh, exciting that's nice. <laughs> yeah so we were oh, so you have a wood burning fireplace we do yes oh i love that it's we so have two wonderful. fireplaces but they're both gas and i just love the charm of a wood burning fireplace I do too <laughs> yeah we can we I think it was originally built to be wood burning, but they had converted mm-hmm. it to gas. But um, whoever had been in this house prior, right. but we so we converted it back to wood because <laughs> oh, it was it was nice. set up we for that. that. I yeah. love that. We should consider yeah. doing that. It's I love really a really great. It's really yes. yes, I absolutely love it. I grew up with a huge wood burning stove, so mm-hmm. we really wanted to to have that in our home. So that yeah, it's really fun, and the kids have been out. Um, doing extra jobs with collecting kindling and bringing logs into the house and all of oh, that. Nice. So it's been fun. Yeah, we had our first, we lit our first fire this week because it finally got cold enough and had 
played games. Um, the only thing that has happened to me since I'm a child is that I it gets so warm that I tend to get really uh-huh. sleepy. <laughs> so uh-huh. I'm like, yes. okay, I got to keep <laughs> engaged in the game night because I just kind of want to curl up and go to sleep on the couch if it's late at night. Oh, so. That's nice to do too, though. Yes. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. Uh, and then the oh, that's funny. only other thing that, can th- that we've been doing lately is um, thinking about our fall traditions and and making space for those. We went to a pumpkin farm this past week and carved pumpkins last night. So that was really fun. I, I think what's been kind of neat to see is my older girls are very invested in our family traditions that we've been doing for so long now. And so when right. I get tired or distracted or think, oh, should we really, can we really make it this year? They remind me, no, mom, we have to yes. do this. This is just what we, this is what we do. We do this every year. I'm like, oh yes, right. of course, of course we do. <laughs> yes. We are going to do that. <laughs> so. Yes. We've, we've done some similar things. We, we've gone to the, get our pumpkins and we're going to carve ours tomorrow, I think. Oh, um, what's my one son is a little bit better. So we're waiting on him to get better. But my, my older son is doing the same thing. He's like, we're going to granddaddy's on Tuesday night, right? Because we always go to my dad's house um, on on the 31st. So um, we're getting prepped and ready to do that too. So my kids are the same way. I, I love how the traditions are really starting to take hold in our family. And it's nice to see these expectations that they have and, and see them making these memories. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, part of what we've been doing, too, in light of the fall and, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday approaching is reading. Um, I've been reading through some of the books that we have about Thanksgiving and gratefulness and I also got a bench from the library, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of our favorites here in a little bit. But before we do that, I wanted just to share a little bit about the history of Thanksgiving, and I've been reading about this in in some of the various books. Um, I think it's you know a lot of the books that Jamie and I will talk about will um, you know be about the you know how Thanksgiving came to be and. But I found I came across some information about the actual holiday that I thought was pretty interesting. So I thought many of you might might um, want to look this up or read more about it. Um, so so I, I'm so glad you're doing this, Holly. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I, I, I am because I know nothing about how Thanksgiving became a holiday. I mean, of course, I know a lot about the the first Thanksgiving, what we call the first Thanksgiving, right. with the pilgrims and the feast in 1621, all of that. But I, I really know nothing about how we as a nation came to have Thanksgiving as a holiday. So I'm so excited to hear you talk a little bit about this. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's really, it's been exciting to read about it. And I've been really interested learning about it too. Um, so the holiday that we celebrate Thanksgiving, um, how, how it's known now, wasn't actually even invented by the pilgrims, but really just based around their harvest feast in 1621. And people in the United States and other countries really have been celebrating, you know, this t- having this kind of feast, doing these sorts of celebrations around their good fortune at harvest time for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, and, and I think that's been interesting to think about, too, that Thanksgiving isn't just an American holiday, but it's, it's right. seen in different ways and different forms all around the world and different times of the year. Uh, many historians believe that the first Europeans Thanksgiving was held in Florida in 1513. And then colonists of New England were hosting meals and festivals by the mid-1600s. But the communities would still decide on their own celebration day. So that could you know, have varied just depending on the different 
um, colonists in their own communities. And then in 1789, George Washington issued Thanksgiving to be um, one day of Thanksgiving and prayer on the last Thursday of November. But this was just a singular day and it wasn't he didn't have any intention necessarily or make any um, declarations that that would continue. So then, of course, many, many years went past, and Abraham Lincoln then declared Thanksgiving would finally be a national holiday celebrated mm-hmm. on the last Thursday of November, um, beginning in 1863. And so that's continued for the most part. I think there was one other little glitch, but that's kind of a side note. <laughs> you could look up if you want to. There's one other maybe year where something they changed something, but then kind of got back on the track of it, of celebrating wow. nationally. Um, yeah, I so just, I found that I, really I, interesting. It is. I love how we just as a nation have set aside a day to be intentionally grateful to God for all that he has done. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just, um, I, I don't know. I just love how we're acknowledging his provision and his blessing and, and all of that, um, national on a national level mm-hmm. to say, you know, we are thankful that God has done this for us or has provided this for us. Um, you know, we're in such a secular culture nowadays, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's nice that even though a lot of people, you know, celebrate Thanksgiving in a secular way, just the actual establishment of the national holiday is an acknowledgement that we need to be thankful to someone for all that we have, you know? Yeah, it, it is yeah. so wonderful. And um, we're going to talk about some of our favorite books in a bit, but I'll just throw this one out now since this one kind of applies to what we're talking about. But um, some of the information that I'm talking about is connected to a picture book called Thank You, Sarah, The Woman Who Saved Thanksgiving by Lori Hals hmm. Anderson. And this has just been one of one of my favorites that I've come across and my kids. Um, but it's um, a time when, so the, the, the book starts when it is a time when only, only people from New England were celebrating Thanksgiving, but, but no one else. So it kind of goes back to that point. And Sarah Hale, um, she, you know, in her time, she had certain things that she she didn't like. She was raising her kids and at home, but she would write at night about things that she was discouraged about or frustrated about and write to people who she thought could make a difference. So she was really persuaded um, to make the world a better place. And she really wanted everybody in the country to celebrate Thanksgiving on the same day. So this is in that gap that I was talking about between um, George Washington mm-hmm. making having one day and then before Abraham Lincoln made it a national holiday. So she spent 38 years writing letters to people, wow. to politicians and um, people who she thought could advocate to make it a national holiday. And finally, I think this was the fourth president. Um, Abraham Lincoln finally said yes after president after president. Wow. Um, so I, I was so – I was, and every time I read this book, I'm so inspired just um, in my personal life and fam- family life and especially as a woman trying to do – you know, trying to uh, – um, work on you know family life and marriage and raising our kids well and and doing things like story formed and other things you know as well in the mm-hmm. in the margins when I can and so I've just found her life to be so inspirational just yeah. kind of as a side note from Thanksgiving but yeah, just cool. that yeah go ahead Jamie I was gonna say I've never heard of that book or heard her story and so when I saw that you posted that on Instagram this week I was really excited that you brought that book to our attention because I, I want to check it out for sure because it looks really it really good and really interesting so yeah I think you guys thank you will thank really you. like it yes absolutely <laughs> yeah. so and so there is some some um, 
information and facts just about kind of in addition to the the picture book um, in the back of it if you kind of want to find out more about her and find out more about um, the Thanksgiving holiday. So yeah, I thought I'd bring yeah. that one up now. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. one of the things that I think a lot about, you know, when I'm thinking about Thanksgiving is how do we make God the center of the holiday? You know, mm-hmm. obviously the whole point of the holiday is to thank him for, for his provision and his blessing. So, you know, thinking about ways that we can make God the focus of what we're doing mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, the turkey, <laughs> the turkey and yes. all of that. So absolutely. What about you guys? Ways yeah. You guys yeah. When I think about um, growing up there, you know, there were so many fun things that we would do around this time of year. And my family football was a big thing. And my husband loves football too. So there's usually yeah. a game going on at, some part of the day, or we go to the park as a family now and just throw the ball around. And, um, we typically will watch the parade in the morning. And so there's, Mm -hmm. there's lots of fun things I've done, like a fun run here and there some years. And so there's all kinds of ways that we celebrate. And I think that's wonderful. And I think God is, is a part of, you know, us being together as a family. And, but, um, but I also don't want to lose sight of, of God really being the center of it. And, paying attention to what he's doing in the midst of, of all the things that, that can be fun, but could also be a distraction, I think, to really being grateful to him and grateful to our family and those around us. And so my husband and I were talking yesterday and we were just talking about this idea surrounding Thanksgiving, that gratefulness really leads to faithfulness, that as we posture ourselves, um, in a way towards the Lord of, being grateful, then that helps us to be faithful in all in all the ways of life, having that fidelity. And uh, but I also think that gratitude has to be continually cultivated. That you know we want to posture ourselves throughout the year in this way, and that um, you know unfortunately having you know talking about how we're grateful or having that posture is is something that we have to continue to do, isn't it? Right. That it doesn't our hearts Absolutely. don't just stay naturally. Uh, focused uh, toward the Lord. I think for me, it can be easy to get discouraged in times or I feel overwhelmed or feel the heaviness of just the brokenness of life or the darkness mm-hmm. in the world. Um, and I'm thinking about the, and Genesis, uh, Joseph and his family. And I'm sure many of you are familiar yes. with that story and how um, horribly treated he was Um from some of his brothers and the betrayal that happened. But then in the end, he saves the day for Pharaoh and um, his family comes, you know, comes back to him and is asking for help. And his family is really grateful to him. So, in, you know, we see that in this season and we, we can capture our eyes on that. But then, you know, it says in the same passage years later, another Pharaoh arose that did not remember Joseph and made the people slaves. And so this, a sense right. of gratefulness didn't didn't remain. Right. Um, so it right. just yeah, it makes me think of that's how it is for us too. That we can, uh-huh. if we don't continue to take opportunities to be grateful, then we can easily our eyes can easily go astray and and be ungrateful right. or be um, not be um, you know focused on what the Lord has done. Faithful, so like you're yeah, saying. faithful yeah. exactly. And I think that. <clears throat> Um, that Thanksgiving just is just gives us a wonderful opportunity for that. It gives us an opportunity to remember what God has done, to remember what um, others have done, and how you know how grateful I am for family who love and serve and our church community, 
And then I really think, I've really seen this in my own life, that the more that I focus on being grateful, that I'm more joyful. That right. when I choose to, to be even, you know, grateful for all the things that could be seen as luxuries in other parts of the world, you know, to have mm-hmm. food on the table and have a comfortable home and, and all these things um, that we can easily take for granted, I think. Right. Um, that, that it really helps me stay in a posture of joy. Are there are there specific ways that you you help your children to kind of get into that posture that that mindfulness of of what God has done for us and and how to be grateful? Yeah, we yeah we have done some things, um, particularly in this time of year, just to take advantage of thinking about how you know that Thanksgiving is is uh, that that a central theme of it is being grateful. And so over the years, we've done a few different things, and one of the things we've done is uh, when the kids were pretty small, we made a grateful tree. I had I just bought a simple like orange vase and we had some tree uh, stems that we bought from Hobby Lobby or some a place like that. Sadly, last year one of the kids knocked it over accidentally. <laughs> so uh-huh. I have in my uh, I have parts of it and I actually still have some of the we we made like little leaves out of cardstock and the kids would write uh-huh. the things that that they are grateful for. So even my oldest daughter now, I have some little leaves of her like first handwriting of some of the things that, that she said when she was little. So <laughs> I'm, I need to figure out this year what, if we're going to abandon this project or try to revitalize it, put it back together. So right. we have to figure that out, but it's been, but it's been an activity that, um, that has been, um, that has really worked and, and they thought was fun and they've enjoyed, you know, thinking of things to be that they're grateful for and writing it down. And then as they've gotten a little older, um, we've also done, so this is just a really cheap thing to do is to buy a piece of like butcher paper and you could just tape it on the wall and periodically or every day we would, um, they would just take turns of colored pencil or crayon or marker and just write things that they were thankful for. And so I think they thought it was fun and they could feel like they were sort of writing on the wall, even though right. it was on, <laughs> on butcher paper. Um, and then another thing that we do, this as part of our uh, morning time together, sitting down and reading together and praying together, but we also often sing the doxology. And mm-hmm. so I love that that is a part of our normal rhythms, but it, it just, as I you know reflect on on the words of that, that, you know, we're praising God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, right. all creatures here below. I thought about singing this, but I decided not to. <gasps> Praise <laughs> him, all ye heavenly hosts. Do not ask me to sing with you. Yeah. <laughs> or Jamie, do, do you want to sing it? No one will listen to our podcast ever again. <laughs> I'm singing with you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm singing it in my head. So, um, but just the, this idea that we're, I'm, you know, that as that we're praising God and we're not just thinking about what can God bring to me or what can he bring to, you know, how can he come alongside us, but that we are just praising him for who he is and what he has done. And I often have to remember to do that first rather than asking him to enter my world and come alongside and use me. But that Lord, before any of that, you know, we praise you for all that you've done and all you continue to do. Um, and so I think yes. that, yeah, that's been a helpful rhythm, but I, I especially think of it in this season. Yes. What about sure. you, Jamie? Are there some, some things that you do to stir up gratitude with your kids? Yeah, 
Yes. I mean, we do. It's funny you said that we, we do very similar things, actually. We um, we do a gratitude tree, and mine is not anything nice from Hobby Lobby. It's just I, I get a piece of brown craft paper, and I just, like, make kind of branches. And yeah. we tape Maybe it to the wall. Maybe that's what I should do now. <laughs> yeah. I'll, do, I'll do that now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we just tape it up to the wall, and each child has a different colored leaf. And we just cut those out of, you know, cardstock as well. And we put one leaf on the tree each day from November 1st through Thanksgiving Day. So each child will write what they're grateful for on their colored leaf and tape it to the tree. And so by by Thanksgiving Day, we have a beautiful tree with three different colors all over. And most of the time, my husband and I will, will throw things in as well, which is nice. But mm-hmm. um, So that's really nice. And I, like you, I have some that we started, you know, my boys are still little, but um, we've been doing this for, I guess, like maybe four or five years already since Will was about three. So yeah. we have, yes, yeah, so we have, you know, the, the very earliest ones. We've yeah. kept those. So oh, it's fun. nice going back and looking at yes. them. One of these days I'm going to put them in a scrapbook, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, we, we also sing the doxology in morning time, and we do a hymn. Each month of November, we're going to do um, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, Um, just for the same kind of reasons. I think it kind of draws attention to the fact that, you know, God is the source of all that we have. And so um, we're going to be learning that one kind of as a as a nod to to Thanksgiving um, for the month of November. But, you know, when I when I think about making God the center of the holiday, um, the thing that comes to mind most is how faithful my mom was with doing this whenever I was growing up. And I want to tell you guys a little story. Um, we didn't do anything like gratitude tree or singing hymns or anything for Thanksgiving, but every single year she made Thanksgiving all about Christ in the most practical way. Um, at the time, she worked for an international business that had lots of expats and employees who had kind of transferred in from all over the country. So. Um, there were people there that were away from their families and, um, a lot of them just didn't celebrate Thanksgiving because either they were away from their families or they came from a country that, you know, they might celebrate at a different time of year, but they didn't celebrate the American Thanksgiving. Um, but she could not stand the idea of anybody spending a holiday alone, but more importantly, she also knew that most of them probably did not know Christ. And so she saw Thanksgiving as an opportunity to reach out in kind of a non-threatening manner and have them into our home for a meal and visibly demonstrate the love of Jesus to them. And so every single year, there were new strangers at our table for Thanksgiving. Every year, um, new faces. And I still remember those times as some of the most rich and beautiful of my formative years. I mean, she really epitomized the command to love one another. And I always think about that verse, you know, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. And my mom, you know, she didn't really talk about it very much or lecture us with it. She just very quietly and faithfully loved people. And it just had such an impact on me then. And it still impacts me to this day. Recently, I've I've just had that in the back of my mind. And although I've usually focused on my boys and kind of our, our celebrations and our creating family traditions during the holidays, but I think, you know, maybe it's time to start intentionally reaching out like my mom did and opening up our home on Thanksgiving um, to those who don't have the same family or resources that we have. You know, that's just a way that I just saw how she really centered the holiday on Christ in such a tangible and practical way. I love that story, Jamie, that it is so powerful and 
You're right. You're right. Such a picture of Christ and how how he calls us to welcome the stranger and to yeah. love those who, you know, who, who we're called to love those who are like us and, and those who are different. And right. I mean, so. really, really, when I think about Thanksgiving growing up, I, I see pe- people that, I mean, that we only saw them that day, you know, right. like, of course my mom had relationships with these yes. people and mm-hmm. like that, you know, from work and different things like that. But I mean, it was just always this, you know, motley crew of people yes. around our table, you know, of just different people from different, you know, situations. It wasn't always people from work. I mean, you know, she, my mom was the type that would, you know, talk to the lonely man in the grocery store and he would mm-hmm. be at our table for Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's just the kind of person that she is. And so, well, and um, I, that was, it's, yeah. it's so neat to think, you know, pro- I would imagine as a parent, you know, maybe she, she might've been wondering, you know, is this a good idea or, you know, with my kids and all of that. But it's, it's neat to think how, when you look back, how you look at it and, and how, you know, the picture that, that you see from it. There were lots of conversations because, you know, a lot of these, you know, guests did not know Christ. So there was conversation that Mm -hmm. happened that, Mm -hmm. you know, language that happened that wasn't always appropriate for younger ears, you know, but my mom, she kind of sat us down and said, listen, we love, we love them, you know, and we're going to love them and we're going to show them love and don't, don't repeat that word. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not not what stuck with me. You know, what stuck with me was the example of Christ that she that she showed that she demonstrated, um, in her, um, hospitality. And so that's just really been on my mind a lot this season too. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it reminds me not, it's not exact, not exactly the same story, but it reminds me a little bit of a picture book that I came across this, um, this season. And so we'll we'll be getting into our picture books now, but one of the first ones that comes to mind in you telling this, telling this story is, um, a picture book called Not This Turkey by Jessica Steinberg. And uh-huh. this is a story about a child who'd been living in the States for several years, um, but had never really celebrated Thanksgiving, um, only Jewish holidays. And so the father worked in Brooklyn, New York, and um, in this factory, and he they, they have a drawing every year for Thanksgiving. And so he just happens to enter this drawing. And the prize is a live turkey. And so he wins and he has this live turkey that he's hauling on the subway through New York City um, and kind of kind of wondering what to do with this turkey. And um, the his son really attaches to the turkey once they get home in their little apartment. And so they sort of know it's kind of the American custom to have turkey you know, for Thanksgiving and they know that, well, they, they need to take it to the butcher. But in the end, they just couldn't, they couldn't part uh, with the turkey and did not want to serve it on their dinner table. And so instead they decided to uh, take the foods that were special to them as in their culture and in their family and share it with those around them. And so it, it kind of makes me think of your story just in that, in this awareness of other people who who aren't like us or who don't share the same traditions or don't have the same beliefs that I think for me, at least it's sometimes easy just to focus on, you know, what this means for our family, but a story like this, you know, helps broaden my eyes and to think about, um, those who, you know, this isn't their tradition. This isn't something they've done. And how can we be aware of those people and talk with them and invite them in kind of like what you were saying. So. Yes. Yes. Uh, any other Thanksgiving books that you've been reading that you want to share about? Yeah, probably too many, but I tried to narrow it down. As <laughs> I'm sure too. you did. I'm sure you <laughs> did. 
Yes. Um, we were going through our stack. And I literally yes. like had to like half the stack yes. of what I wanted Me to Me too. Share. Yes. I tried to narrow yeah. it to these are the ones I really love and there's some that yes. are good and you know, so there's, there's so many wonderful ones. Um, well, yeah. one that comes to mind um, uh, is really, you know, a simple story about thanks, um, the the journey with the pilgrims and the Native Americans is called The Thanksgiving Story by Alice. Um, oh, wait, Jamie, that's the one that you were going to talk about, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, I can talk about it. Let me talk you about it. You want to talk about that one? And then I have one yes, that's kind yes. of similar. You talk okay. about that one. I'm going to talk okay. about another one that's similar. Sure. Okay. The Thanksgiving Story by Alice. You know what? I cannot say her last name. I should have let you say it. I don't know that I can. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Dalglish? I always say Dalglish. Dalglish. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, we're butchering that. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put the notes, right, for sure. We love this one. It's called The Thanksgiving Story. It's a Caldecott honor book, and it just kind of tells the story of the hardships that the pilgrims faced on the journey across the ocean, and then, of course, during their first year, and how Squanto and the other Native Americans helped them to survive. And it's it's told in just such a relatable way. She really kind of conveys um, what they went through. And I mean, you just have so much empathy for the hardships that they faced. And mm-hmm. the simple, you know, folk, folk art illustrations are just, they're just lovely. I mean, I, it was a Caldecott honor book. So you know that the illustrations are going to be beautiful. But that's that's one of our favorites. Yeah. Yes, it's great. We love that one, too. I love yes. the illustrations, too. Yeah. I'm glad this one is, is on our list. Um, Another one that that we've been reading is called The Story of Thanksgiving by Robert Merrill Bartlett. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate um, his story and his perspective because it's it kind of talks about the different stories of how different cultures have celebrated gratefulness at harvest time from Greek and Roman times to the Hebrews celebrating Thanksgiving with um, what they called the Feast of Booths. And then the pilgrims and the Native Americans mm-hmm. celebrating together. And um, an interesting fact about the author is that he lived. He I don't know if he if he still does, but for for many years he lived in Plymouth, Massachusetts, in a historic oh. house where um, ten generations of Bartlett's lived since wow. like the 1600s. And so he's a minister and a teacher and an author, but um, really has a vested interest in um, in this story. So I thought that was pretty yes. pretty interesting. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Another one that we love is called The Pilgrims at Plymouth, and it's by Lucille Rett Penner. And this one, it's it's almost like a storybook and a nonfiction book combined. Um, it has the story of the pilgrims and how they fled from Europe and crossed in the Mayflower and their hardships and everything leading up to the first feast with, um, with the Native Americans. But it also has like sidebars with little tidbits of historical and scientific facts. Um, and different kinds of information. And there's a cross section of the Mayflower in it and just other things like that. We really like this one because of the picture that it paints for what life was really like for the pilgrims with all of the history and the science and all of that involved. So that's that's one of our favorites too. Yeah, I'll have to look at that one. I don't think yeah. I've read that one yet. I'll have to look that one up. Um, another one that we really enjoy is called The First Thanksgiving. It seems like a lot of the titles are similar, aren't they? <laughs> This is The First Thanksgiving by Jean Craighead George. And many of you might be familiar with her name. Um, She also wrote Julie of the Wolves and My Side of the Mountain, which become pretty popular um, mid-grade novels. Um, Our kids really love My Side of the Mountain. But she's she's just a really wonderful author. And this is a story – 
um, that written from the you know the Mayflower all the way to the Thanksgiving feast. And one thing that was a little unique about it that's maybe different from some of the other ones I've read is that she begins a story talking about the formation of the Plymouth Rock, and that it's uh-huh. a, you know it's a huge two million year old glacial glacial um, mass that comes to rest in Cape Cod. And, you know, beginning that you know, in this time so long ago, and she says, or she says, beginning in a time so long ago that only the rock remembers. So I just thought it was a very poetic mm. way to kind of begin the story of where the Native Americans, you know, were and then the the pilgrims came. And so I think it she does a really good job of contrast, comparing and contrasting the life of the native people and then those that are coming to seek a free life and but also at a level that um, elementary age students um, can under really understand so and the pictures are by Thomas Locker that some of you may be familiar with other as an illustrator from so beautiful beautiful pictures that look like paintings yes yeah yeah I I really like speaking yeah of books illustrated by famous authors um we love N.C. Wythe's Pilgrims um, which has page after page of his beautiful paintings um, as well. Robert Sanssouci wrote the text when it tells the story, of course. Um, but for anyone who is a fan of wife, this one is not to be missed. Um, I like to have it out just during the month of November <laughs> in my den mm-hmm. um, just to look at it. <laughs> but but I'm a huge wife fan. So um, and I'm not sure. I, you know, I'm so bad at pronunciation. I don't know if it's with wife. Um, W-Y-E-T-H. I, I'm not sure what the okay. correct pronunciation yeah. of his name is, but I love his his art. It's absolutely gorgeous. And um, there's a, a book. Um, it's actually called Pilgrims. And so we love that one as well. Oh, that's great. We yeah. Another one that we have enjoyed um, is called Squanto's Journey by Joseph Bruchak. And it's B-R-U-C-H-A-C. And I've really enjoyed this story um, because – I mean, there are many written by in the perspective of Squanto, but this one was written by a Native American scholar. And so huh. he really was interested in being very specific about the details, which, you know, we could just tend to summarize a lot of it. But I think right. the de- some, him talking about some of the details really helps to understand the story a bit more. And he goes into more detail about, and you know, some of the facts and the places that Squanto went and really just helps you picture the extreme difficulty of his life. I just, I can't even imagine all that he went through and, um, you know, it goes through the, him surviving, helping the pilgrims initially surviving the brutality of a new England winter and then being captured and sent to Spain as a slave and then getting there and wonderful Spanish friars helping him back, get back to England and then he learned mm-hmm. English there, and he ended up returning um, to the colonies to realize all of his family had died. And, right. Oh, just yeah. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then becoming a translator and mediator between the Native Americans and the English. And um, so it just – I think it really helped to try to step into the shoes and so all, uh, of Squanto. And so although many stories kind of share both, you know, both perspectives that uh, I appreciated – really trying to, to see this perspective. So, and from somebody who's you know, learned and knows a lot and really yeah. have, have yeah. a vested interest in, in sharing that story. So. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are a few about Squanto that, that we love as well. And our, our very, very favorite Thanksgiving book is 
Squanto and the Miracle of Thanksgiving by Eric Metaxas. And if you're familiar with Eric Metaxas, you know his specialty is really spiritual biographies. You know, he's the author of Bonhoeffer, and he recently released another one on Martin Luther. And he just um, really excels in writing spiritual biographies. And even though this is a picture book, it's no exception. It really um, kind of highlights God's providence and how he redeemed those events in Squanto's life. Like we were just talking about how terrible and tragic um, you know, Squanto's story is, but Metaxas really highlights how God took that tragedy and turned it into, um, something good as he promises that he will do, you know, that, that all mm-hmm. things work for good for those who love God, you know, according to his purpose. And so, um, this book really kind of highlights that aspect of Squanto's story, which I'm, I really love. And then for readers who are a little bit beyond picture books, we love Squanto, Friend of the Pilgrims by Clyde Robert Bullock. And I don't know if you're familiar with Bulla, but he is fantastic at writing historical fiction for early readers. Mm-hmm. I'm really. Yeah, I think we have this like, one. You get yeah. just beyond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just beyond Frog and Toad. Then right. you can move on to Bulla. <laughs> you know, yes. but it's, a, yes. it's an easier reading level, but it's still very interesting and informative. And, you know, even I don't mind listening to a new reader reading his biographies. Mm-hmm. And he does have this one on Squan and Toad. So. Um, that's one that we, we enjoy around this time of year as well. And it, it's good for, you know, my, my oldest son is just now kind of getting into that level of reading. So it's nice to be able to give him something that he can, um, you know, work on a little bit by himself too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, thanks for that idea, Jamie. We have that one and I'm going to have to give it to my son too. And he can, he can read it. So that'll be good. Um, well, I have a, just a funny lighthearted recommendation. This is just kind of a silly one, but my two younger ones just keep wanting to read it over and over because it's so funny, but it's called a Turkey for Thanksgiving by Eve Bunting. And, um, the, it's a just a yeah funny comical lighthearted story for the season. It's about a moose family who are there on the hunt for a Thanksgiving turkey, and they they gather up all their animal friends around where they live, and they're they're all kind of coming together to try to find this turkey. And the turkey realizes uh, realizes it at some point and is terrified, but they catch him and bring him back to their home. And of course, he thinks he is going to be brought you know to be their dinner. But then there's a surprise twist at the end where he realizes he's actually a guest, an honored guest at their table. And so, Aww. of course, the kids are like, oh, that's so hilarious. That's you know, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's just, a, just a fun, lighthearted one. Um, and then another one that many of you have probably heard of, it's just a traditional song and story, is Over the River and Through the Woods by Lydia Maria Child and um, illustrated by Iris um, Van Rinback. And um, many of you may know about Lydia Child that – she um, was an author who worked in Boston and for the causes of women's suffrage and temperance and the abolition of slavery. And she wrote a poem called A Boy's Thanksgiving Day. And so this this text and this song um, ended up coming out of out of that poem that I think she wrote for a magazine. Um, but of course, some of the famous, a famous line is to grandfather's house we go, which I could also sing, but I won't Hooray for Thanksgiving day. (laughs) And I really love the pictures. Um, they just capture this, um, and kind of an old fashioned Thanksgiving with the, uh, snowy ride and a sleigh with horses and there's the hills with snow covered evergreens and ice skaters on the pond as they drive by. And so just that that kind of, um, the sense of, uh, 
Nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking yes. of. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, so Absolutely. my my son was, I had this pile and last night he was looking through and he knows the song, but I think he was just interested in the illustrations. He just kept looking at the pictures um, over and over again. Right. But, and then speaking of an old yes. fashioned Thanksgiving, um, I just thought of today a book that we'd gotten from the library, I think last year. And I really want to own this one. Because I love Louisa May Alcott, but it's called Old Fashioned Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. it's a picture book. Um, and the I can't remember the illustrator, but I'll put it in the show notes. But the illustrations are really great, too. But it's just a, she writes about a heartwarming tale of this family who they were in the book. It says they're poor in money, but rich in love. And so... Um, it's Thanksgiving Day, and they're you know preparing food, and then a neighbor comes by and tells the mother um, that her mother is really ill. So so Mrs. Bassett you know drives away, and so the parents aren't expecting anyone to prepare Thanksgiving on their own, but the oldest child tries to give it a try, and and um, so they're you know they're doing all these things to prepare, and um, and they ended up having having this big feast and but you know not everything turns out exactly as they thought but they're but they're really grateful just for having family and 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 for what it ends up being and and my kids actually we were reading this and I always try to ask them when I read so what do you what do you guys think about this book you know do you do you think it's good or why do you think it's good or what do you think do you see any themes here and they know they noticed right away mom this was this was really about being grateful it wasn't you know it really wasn't about the food or that things go as we expect you know but they were really grateful for what they had and oh, I love that so that was sweet yeah so it's, yes. it's a really good one yeah definitely do you have any and more Jamie oh sorry go ahead no no it's okay I was gonna say of course you know we we ought to mention of Plymouth Plantation by yes. William Bradford if we're talking about that's pilgrims. right um if you want a firsthand you know primary source of course you should read William Bradford's account of everything that happened um since he was there but I I own this one but I actually haven't had the time to read it yet so maybe this will be the year that I finally get to read um of Plymouth Plantation I'm hoping so we'll see Yes, I have it too. My daughter read it. Yeah. I haven't read it. So. Did she? Yes, she did. Um, she yeah. read it last year. So maybe um, maybe I'll follow you in that. Um, <laughs> so. But that's it. I, I do have a stack, but I we could go on all day with all of the Thanksgiving books that I have. We should probably stop here. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you all for listening in and hopefully – some of these uh, Thanksgiving books um, you'll be able to pick up from the library or, you know, pick up wherever you shop for books. Um, and I just wanted to mention something about as far as downloading podcasts that um, if you happen to listen on iTunes, I've noticed, at least in my updated version, hopefully you can find this, that you can actually leave a review now at the end of the podcast screen. So if you're clicking on a specific episode and it'll if you scroll down to the bottom it gives you a chance to leave a star rating or review so it seems a little bit easier than it used to be to figure out how to do that so if you are listening and you are enjoying our podcast we would love love for you to leave a comment leave us a rating because that just gets the story from podcast in a in an algorithm where more people can see it um and so we, we so appreciate all of your feedback and encouragement and just want to remind you that we uh, put out a blog or a book review every Thursday on our website, storyform.com, so you can check out things there. And we also have a book list on our website, so if you're just thinking, oh, I just need more book recommendations, and um, we have all kinds of various lists from picture books to chapter books to historical fiction. Um, just put up a post this past week on favorite books by James Harriet. 
And so we just love to have you come and converse with us on the website or on our story formed Facebook page. So we hope that you enjoy um, November and have opportunities to connect with your kids and talk about gratefulness. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed. Storyformed.